Yemio chapter 20. Chapter 20 and 21 actually begin with the same name, two different people, but the same name. Chapter 20 is Vayishma Pashkur ben Imera Kohen, who Pakid Nagid Beves Hashem, et Yemio ba Niba et Advrima So chapter 20 begins, as I mentioned yesterday, with Pashkur. Apparently, he's in charge of the temple. Pakid Nagid Beit Hashem, the chief officer of the house of God. He hears what Yermio was saying. Yermio is saying what he said before, that the temple will be destroyed, the city will be ravaged. Vayakep Pashkur et Yermio Hanavi. Pashkur hit, he beat. Yermio, he's called Jeremiah the prophet. Vayiteno to aramapechet. He places him in the Ma'apechet. Now, what is the Ma'apechet? It's not clear. Some translations say a cell, some kind of a prison. Some say stocks, being placed in stocks. And there is a sense over here, because the stocks are not just a punishment, but the stocks are also a humiliation, a place of public humiliation. Another interpretation of Ma'apechet from the word hafuch, which means backwards, and in this particular case could mean crooked, it could be that they were placed in such a way that it was very painful. So whether it's a cell or some kind of a humiliation or a place where you are hurt, perhaps, actually, I wonder if there's another reference over here because we do remember that in the entrance to the Garden of Eden, the first sacred space, the place was protected by the revolving sword, together with the Kruvim, the pair of ministering angels who protected and prevented entrance into the holy space. And over here, we have a Mapechet at the entrance to the holy space. But of course, here the mapechet, one might say, is hafuch. It's exactly the opposite. Who's being prevented from speaking the truth is the one true prophet. That's the extent to which things have retrogressed over time. And it came to pass on the following day that Pashkum releases Yermio. So this was either an attempt to hurt him, probably to silence him, and we'll see this in the rest of the chapter, to humiliate him. And when Yermio comes out of jail, Your name shouldn't be Pashkur. I'll give you a different name. Kiim Magar Misaviv. Magar is terror. Misaviv is from all around us. Terror from all sides. Because, and then Yermiel prophesies that in the coming days, you and all of your friends will fall by the sword. Will fall by the sword for those who surround us. And that's the idea of Mogarmi Saviv, terror from all sides. So that's the prophecy that Yermiel directs towards the chief officer of the temple. A fellow priest, we remember always that Yermio himself from Anatot is a Kohen. And in particular, we know that the other priests earlier in Sefer Yermio had threatened to kill him. 
And now we have the chief priest essentially humiliating Yirmiyo and trying to silence him. And from this point on in the chapter, we have another soliloquy by Yirmiyahu about the state in which we find him, or more to the point in which he finds himself. And this has two parts to it. The first part begins with, in verse number 7, Pititani Hashem va'ipat, chazaktani vatuchau, ho'yiti l'schokorayom kulo lo'egli. Pititani, l'fatot, is to entice, or to coax, or to seduce. O oh Lord, you have seduced me, and I was seduced. Chizaktani vatucha, you overcame me, and you prevailed. In other words, you forced me into this mission, and then you coaxed me, or seduced me, into retaining the mission. We remember earlier, just a couple of chapters earlier, essentially, Yermio submitted his resignation, and God sort of convinced him to continue to prophesy. And now Yermio complains, you have you forced me into, you chose me before I was born. You have enticed me along the way to continue to prophesy. But I am a mockery. Everybody makes fun of me. That would point to the idea of the mapechen as being a, a particular instrument of humiliation in the public place. So Yermio continues with this. Even as I speak, I cry out. Every time I talk, I have to cry, I cry out. I have to shout Hamas Vashodekra. I say Hamas with wickedness, lawlessness takes place. The word of God causes me constant disgrace and contempt. So I say to myself, so I won't say it. I won't talk about the injustice in the world, which only causes me to be mocked. If I refuse to speak in God's name, God's word was like a raging fire in my heart, shut up in my bones. It's an interesting description of the prophet. The prophet feels, as Yermio, he has no choice. It's something deep inside him. It's something that must be spoken. On the other hand, the consequences of speaking it, in Yermio's words, are almost too difficult to bear. God, you have overcome, vatuchal. And that expression, vatuchal, appears in the first speech of Yermiyahu. Nil'eti kalkeo v'lo uchal, the end of verse number nine. I try to hold it in, v'lo uchal. I could not prevail. I was helpless. Kishamati dibat rabim, I have heard the speech of the many. Mogar misaviv, terror all around. That's what Yermio said to Pashkur in the beginning of the chapter. And Yermio speaks over here as if people call him. Oh, there he walks over there. Mogarmi Saviv. He's always talking about the terror all around, which they dismiss. Hagidu v'nagidenu. Inform. Let's inform against him. Call enosh shlomi, my supposed friends. Shomrei tzali. Ulai yifuteh. Those who care about me. Maybe he can be entrapped. Again, the word we had in the beginning of the speech. God, you have seduced, enticed me. And again, the v'nuchal. Let's prevail. Let's defeat him. Let's take our vengeance from him. But in verse 11, God is with me. They cannot prevail. 
So Yirmiyahu here speaks of, on one hand, the word of God is within him, a raging fire. He has no choice. On the other hand, everybody around him wants to prevail against him. Trust nobody. The people that I trusted, my closest friends, my closest allies, those who should care about me, are waiting for me to fail, are waiting to prevail. Nuchal. Nuchal is a word we're very familiar with. It's a word that appeared in Jacob's wrestling with the, with the angel, in Jacob's struggle. The other tried to prevail over him, but could not prevail. And the angel says to Jacob, you have wrestled with God and with humans, and you have prevailed. And actually over here, we see Yirmiyot himself as wrestling with the divine and wrestling with the human. In the case of the angel, Jacob wrestled with the angel. You have wrestled with the angel and you have prevailed. Now, in the case when Jacob wrestled with the angel, did he actually prevail? He wasn't destroyed. He was wounded. He survives his wounds. But from the angel's standpoint, who speaks for God, you have prevailed. But sometimes in this world, if you manage to maintain your dignity, to move forward with all the tremendous difficulties, we say about that person, Vatuchau, you have prevailed. And that's, I think, what's being intimated over here. We're, we're presented with somebody who struggles with his mission, who at points in his life resents the mission, who feels he was tricked into it, who feels he was given no choice, which is true, who feels it only brings him scorn from the entire world, or at least for most of it, which is certainly true. But he has no choice but to continue because of the fire that rages inside him. At the end of this chapter, we have another meditation upon his life. We had this earlier. Earlier he talked about he regrets being born in the first place. And over here, actually, from verse 14 to the end of the chapter, we have a continuation of that thought, even deepened. And of course, this idea of cursed is the day I was born, we find in a very powerful way in the third chapter of the book of Job, in Eov, Perikimel, So we had this earlier. He reflects upon his lot in life. Cursed is the day that I was born. Cursed is the day that someone said to my mother, you're expecting a child. And that day, looking back at that day, that was the beginning of my difficulties. Why was I born, says Yirmiyo at the end of chapter 20? To see misery and woe. To see misery and woe, that is to say, to bring a message of misery and woe, but also, and this is an important point in this book, to see misery and woe. He lives through the destruction. He suffers with those that are being persecuted and being destroyed, whether good or bad people. He suffers with them. To spend all of my days in shame. And here, of course, the chapter concludes with the word Vayichlu, which plays off the earlier Tuchau, Yuchau, Uchau. Vayichlu beboshet yomai. Vayichlu beboshet yomai. My entire life is spent in shame. Of course, his entire life is not spent in shame. There are great moments for Yimiyo, and there are even moments of consolation. But when one is in this state of utter despair, one has 
a certain point of view, and that point of view is well represented in the book of Yirmiyot.